ECU? Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. All right, welcome into this edition of Hoist the Colors, Thursday, September 7th edition of Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. We are two days away from East Carolina's home opener inside Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, East Carolina in Marshall. We'll go head-to-head 4 p.m. kickoff on ESPNU. Right now, we're live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. And if you got a question for us, let us know. We'll get to them throughout the program. And I'm excited about today's guest. we got an in-studio guest. He is Brian Medor, one of the best people. <laughs> that's high praise. Hey, Come on, man. Guy. I was thinking about it earlier today, and I'm not just saying this, Brian, because you're in here, man, but like – you come across so many people that touch ECU athletics. You've obviously been here since I've started kind of covering the thing firsthand. But, you know, I've never heard a single person say a bad word about Brian Mueller. And uh, I'm legitimately that's, honest that's about what, when I say that. Uh, they're out there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just got to find them, right? I went to school here, man. Trust me, they're out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least what you're doing on the athletic side, man, you're doing a heck of a job. I and, appreciate it, man. I, You know, I, I've watched you come along. And at first, when you came along the first, at first, this isn't like praise yeah. each other hour, but – um, I was like, what is this kid doing with his website about I recruiting? I, I don't doing. have a clue about any of this stuff. And then now I'm like, I'm texting you, asking you things about what's going on at East Carolina because you're more dialed in than I am. It, it depends on the day, I guess. But, uh, you know, it's just been awesome to, to get to see uh, guys like yourself honestly stay at ECU because so many people have come and gone and yeah. like to have people like you and always having Malcolm Gray around. Like, I know yeah. Brian Medor is going to be there when I go to a press conference. Malcolm Gray, Brian Bailey, you know, all the regulars, it's it's, uh, it's awesome. So I do want to have you on. You know, we will talk about the current ECU Pirates, but I also want to take a, a look down memory lane because you, before you worked at ECU, you were on the news side yes. uh, as, as a sports reporter. Yes. So for those who don't know Brian Medor, if they don't by now, I don't know how they don't if they're listening to the show, but if they don't, t- kind of take us through what led you sure. into sports reporting and you know eventually into the role you are now. Well, it, it was funny. I was in a, a communications class and I was sitting behind a young lady who's now a news director, Cheryl Hawkins. She's a news director in um, Richmond, Virginia. And if you're an intern of Brian Bailey's and you and you you buy into what he's preaching and teaching, you're going to be successful, and that's that's just a fact. And anybody who ever bought in and did a and did everything they need wanted to do that he wanted you to do, you are going to make it in the business. And he's got multiple news directors that are out there. Um, Jill Jelnick, former softball player, she's right. crushing it in Nashville. She's a sports director there now. She's crushing it. And he's had a lot of interns come through to go on to do really big things. And um, you know, people ask me, why did you stay? And I said, well, I had actually I had a job offer in, in Raleigh at the NCN, the NBC affiliate at the time back then. It was NBC, not CBS. And I chose not to. I liked working with Brian. I enjoyed the area. And then um, you know, I settled down and decided this is my place and this is where I wanted to be. So I was an intern with Bailey in 95 and then early 96. And then when I graduated, the day after I graduated, Alan Hoffman was our um, news. I mean, he was, at the time, he was our main anchor and he was acting as a, as a temporary news director because our news director was out and um, with an illness. And, and Alan said, oh, we've got a photographer's job, but we have to fill it. I graduated on Saturday. I started working on Sunday. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so that was like, you're right into it. I'm like, wow, I don't know what I'm doing, you know? But because Bailey had taught me how to shoot the right way, how to edit the right way, and, and um, I guess we always said the sports guys made the best reporters because we get in there and we listen. Right. You listen to what somebody has to say and stop talking. And that's one of the problems with the people in the media today. You got, it's all talk, 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 talk. It's about me. Yep. Which Bailey taught me the right way, and that was listen. And so I had more fun doing 
you know videos uh, that were not sound provided like you it was the sights and sounds of what was going on so i did really well on that part of it i was at channel nine up until 2003 then i made the mistake of thinking i wanted to make a lot of money so i decided to get into sales and i left channel nine and if you take no for an answer you're a terrible salesman (laughs) <laughs> and I took over an answer. I'm, I'm, you sound a nice guy. I mean, I, I remember I was selling life insurance. And I was sitting on this couch, and this guy, he's looking at me funny. And you could usually tell which way it was going to go when you were selling li- something like that. If one of the one of them didn't wasn't happy in the marriage, one of them is not going to be wanting to spend money on something right. like life insurance, right? So I'm sitting on this couch. And I'm thinking, oh boy, this guy doesn't. He's not something in his wife or not. But no, that's not what it was. He looked at me and said, "Hey, man, I got a question for you." I said, man, I, I, whatever you need, I'm here for you. He said, why is the sports guy sitting on my couch trying to sell me life insurance? <laughs> that, was, that, was the, that was it, man. Yeah. I was like, I'm done. I'm getting back into it somehow. I had to wait a year. My no-compete was up, and WITN had been calling me and Billy Weaver. And so I went over there and worked with Billy for six years before East Carolina took the, the TV show in-house that we, we produced at WITN, the weekly coaches show. So I came over to uh, East Carolina, and that was 13 years ago. And I've been there. It's hard to believe it's been 13 years, but it's this crazy, is my 13th man. year at East Carolina. So That's wild. And you started there in 2010. Yep, and that's right. Yeah, the, the same year I started Hoist the Colors, so it kind of – you were getting started at ECU, obviously. You worked for both Brian Bailey and Billy Weaver. So <laughs> yeah. Tell us uh, the, uh, the pros and cons of those. So I think I'm trying to think of who what the story was. It was a, it was a coach that broke, and I'm t- I can't remember who it was, but it doesn't matter. But you know, Bailey, the you know, Billy Weaver found it out in his world first. You know, Billy, trust me, Billy's got his world, and Bailey notified um, the AP, and so the AP credited Brian Bailey. Well, Billy got mad. He's like, I broke that first. So they 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 argued. I mean, it was it was bad. It was over at Menji's, and they started arguing. And um, so so I was at that time. I was still at Channel Nine, and I left. And they were they hated each other. They right. they didn't. If they were in the same room, they walked the other way. And I'll tell you what, Brian Bailey, he's he's the nicest guy in the world. But that guy knows what a grudge is, and he'll he'll hold it. He'll, he'll hold because he holds you accountable for things you've done and right. said. And Billy's got a big ego, so that that just isn't going to be a good match, right? So I started working with Billy Weaver. And I'll never forget. It was high school football, and after we got done. We went up to one of, one of the local establishments and we're having a beer. Well, I had told Bailey, I said, Hey, man, look, I'm working with Billy now. He really wants to bury the axe. He said, Hey, he wants to buy you a beer Friday night after we get done with the high school football show. So uh, Bailey's like, Okay, man, I'll give it a shot. And then I tell Billy, I said, Hey, man, Brian Bailey really wants to get bury this thing. He wants to buy you a beer Friday right. night. Full knowing that they're both talkers, so they get they walk into AJ's and they see each other and they immediately, hey man, they shake hands and bro it out. Wow. And I didn't tell them the truth for years, and I finally owned up to that. <laughs> totally lied to each of them to get them in there. And I knew once they got around each other, they'd talk over each other, and then off we went. And so so now they're good friends, and it's been great ever since. And I had you know, I got great stories on both of them. Some I could tell, some I can't. But right. um, knowing that they are now really good friends, it was it was. I'm glad that I had the experience I had at Channel Seven because those are two big personalities in this area. And and they, they needed to be on the same page with each other, no doubt. And still uh, keep in touch with obviously Billy. Oh, yeah. He's not involved firsthand with uh, you know the news side of things right now. Still around ECU athletics every now and then. And Bailey's still going strong. No, I love uh, Bailey. He's the yeah, man. He's my guy. He's, uh, uh, he's my my one of my best friends in the world. Next to my wife, I would say he's my best friend in the world. And I, I absolutely uh, professionally, uh, that guy. Everything I know is because of what that guy did for me. And and then you of course you get shaped along the way. You 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 as you know, you've come a long way in this right. business and different people impact you in different ways and, and um Bailey's been there. I mean you know, I, as you know, my, my, my wife my wife passed away, it's been gosh about five years now. And I remarried recently and he he was there for me through all of it to keep me up to know that there's there's a light 
at the end of that tunnel and i found it and, I'm, and i couldn't be any happier now and, and bailey was the one that said hey you got to keep moving forward so you got to keep your foot and you know keep going forward that's the whole point of this thing and so yeah. that's how he lives his life and that's been a big influence on me so it's not just because he's a cowboys fan <laughs> along with yourself <laughs> no, that's pretty much it yeah. <laughs> i think half the stuff in his bonus room his man cave the stuff i've given him over the years so right yeah, he's got a lot of, he's got a great man cave so no doubt well maybe we'll talk some nfl uh, later on but let's talk about your, your role now director of video sure. production at east carolina and uh, you, you've been in this role now for a while and doing the coaches show and, and you're always at the press conferences you know video and those and uh, you know taking care of business there so walk us through your day to day right now at sure. East Carolina you know the funny thing is is um, over the years it's changed I mean I've, I've had I think three or four different title role changes but at the end of the day the important stuff I still that's the stuff I do I do the, the press conference if I can be there I'm going to be there um, the, the weekly TV show airs on WNCT at 11.30 every Sunday and then also on Mass and on Monday nights and then um, Optimum On Demand and that's a 30 minute show and it's, an, it's a lot to do when you're having to produce it put features together for it um, shoot it obviously and the way we do our football show I think it's and uh, Michigan does it the same way and I like that on the field after the game and you're you you're set up you get the coach you get that raw emotion and with mike sometimes he says things He's like i'm raw. like i'm like wow do yeah. i do i run that you know and there, there was one time i said hey do you really want me to run that and he said yeah you probably need to take that out i'm like okay well, it was about an official and, and i mean he was right he was spot on right but i thought you know i don't want to get you in trouble so it's interesting right after the game to be able to get those kinds of emotions and some of the coaches i've worked with over the years have been terrific and so the weekend is when most of I guess most of the work is done. If it's a football season, basketball season, it's every day. You know, it depends on what right. day you're playing and that kind of thing. But um, you know, day to day, I make my rounds. I try to get around and see people and talk to people. And I love um, press conferences when you guys come over and and it's it's all it's the gangs back together once a week during football season. And that's that's you know that's the fun time for me because you're not having to worry about what happens in the game. We're all talking shop, and it's interesting to see each person's perspective of what they saw the previous day. And you always have a great perspective, and and listen to some of the other guys and what they think. And I used to walk, and then Billy would sit down, not throwing him under the bus, but he would start talking. I'm like, did we watch the same game, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I remember this. I'll tell a real quick Billy story. We were on the road at Memphis, and um, our running back at the time, Jonathan Williams, had been suspended, and we were had to do uh, the pregame on on this station on Interbanks anyway, and he's doing this whole elaborate thing about how the run game we got to get it going and, and he starts bringing up Jonathan how he needs to get going early and often and I'm like no because he just wasn't paying attention didn't right. know he had gotten you know suspended and, and I'm waving he gets next what are you doing I'm trying to do a radio hit and I was like dude Jonathan got suspended he was like ah well, nobody listens to that anyway <laughs> it was so funny anyway so i've got yeah. a thousand stories like that to tell but um that's one that just popped in my head and i squirreled so yeah. there you are well that's that's uh that, that's billy weaver you know i mean <laughs> he has some great insight but he also hey yeah, uh sometimes you gotta like he always said lower the head, head, head gear, gear was yeah. always his go-to which uh, i enjoyed oh um, yeah and if, as a head injuries go in ct yeah, know, it makes right? all the sense <laughs> in the world lower that head gear brian midor is in studio with us and brian you, you mentioned kind of the, the coaches show you're putting mm -hmm. together and you know, it's always fascinating how quickly it kind of comes together just from, from like in terms of with Coach Houston. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I'll look on the field because I'm open the press box writing post game and he'll be out there for five, ten minutes. And you have to take that and you got to dub it with highlights and you got to put a feature in. So, how much is uh it, how hard is it to kind of put those highlights on top of what he's saying and put all that together on the fly a lot of that has to do with how the game went because yeah. if you remember um that cincinnati game last year was not fun to put together no, no, no. um and he walked in 
and Amanda, his wife, and she's terrific. She's in his office, and he walked in and said, all right, guys, let's make it quick. I'm not in the mood. To, and I'm like, whoa, guy, I'm the one that's going to be up till 4 o'clock in the morning. Right. And she said, you got to be up till 4 in the morning. I said, yeah, a game like this, I'll be up till 4 or 5 editing and making sure it looks good. And so when he goes short, I have to find stuff to plug it with. And so she looked at me, and there's clear, it's clear who the boss is. She said, you do a good job for him. And I was like, yeah, she got my back. There you go. And um, yeah, no, Mike's great. I love working yeah. with Mike. Uh, we, we've got, uh, right now, our coaches, I mean, we've got a good bunch of coaches over there. And we do, you know, we do the football, then basketball, then um, select baseball shows. And um, and Cliff, I've known Cliff since he was a player. Um, at, now, I don't remember at Green Central. Bailey says that I would have covered him for one year as an intern, but I, I don't I don't remember. But college, I covered him, knew him. Hung out with all those guys actually back in when I was much younger, but he's been a, a, a really dear friend over the years, and so working with him is great. Schwartz, I'm getting to know him a little bit. You know, he's business, you know, and right. he's the stuff he remembers is fantastic, and I love I love that side of it. The coaches we've had over the years, I've gotten to know a lot of them. I've gotten to be really close with. Sometimes you lose touch, but you don't lose that. Like uh, I, I butt dialed Skip one day. I, I was calling a friend of mine, and I actually hit him. I was like, ah, and I hung up real quick, and then I called somebody else, and Skip called me right back. And he goes, "Me? Oh, I hadn't talked to him in probably four years." And it was like we just picked up and went on with it. You know, it was it was really a lot of fun to catch up with him for for the time that I that I spoke to him. But the coaches we've had, we've been really lucky over the years. I can name some duds. We all can, right? Um, you know, recently for that matter. But um, for the most part, they've been really good to work with, and the player, you know, the players are why we do it you know the relationship you know you've gotten to be really good friends with a lot of the players and you know i'm getting a little older where it doesn't happen as easily but uh the guys over the years the shane cardens the kevin millers you know dating back to david grard you get to know those guys and they stay with you and that's that's the fun part it's also different now and this is no knock on the current staff or any you know really it's gone this way across college football the access is not what it used it's not to what be. it used to be no i mean when i first started we could go out to practice yeah and almost every interview day. every player that you, we wanted yeah. to come off the field you know unless they were just in the absolute doghouse or we could get any assistant coach after any practice any player and then slowly but surely it's kind of gone you know more and hey, more act, tighter access so that has kind of changed our ability to really get to know the guys and tell different stories i think i think as i've gotten older that was a part of it but now because brian bailey told me that he said you know the guys it's just as you get older it, it's a different they're they're different they're younger you know you're right. on the same wavelength as they are but you can still have fun with them losing that access was the hardest and it started with covid and then they kind of kept it going where we don't have that we will go out to practice practice will be over we're all standing out there in our own little pods if nothing mm -hmm. else you know a camera guy maybe a reporter you'd be over there with your hand you know your handheld and you get a guy one-on-one -on -one and you talk to him but even when they're standing around waiting to be interviewed that's when you get to know yep. them and, and then you talk to them and you just you you talk shop with them and when they know you know a little bit about what they're doing how hard they're working and then all of a sudden they open up and then when you do your interview, it's so much better. Now it's it's so sterile. You go up to a they're up on a podium, yeah. and you you're you haven't asked a, a question to somebody. And there are times when a player walks past me. I used to know everybody on the roster. Now I have to lean over to you. Who's it? If he doesn't right. have a number, one, I have to look it up because I don't know who they are anymore. Like I used to. I used to didn't have to have a number. I knew who they were. So it's a little bit different. And you know, a lot of things have changed with the way we do media now. I know you know right. that well. Yeah, it's just it's part of the business. Unfortunately, I think. COVID had a lot to do with it, uh, but you know it, it's gotten better too since then. It, that that year was the worst, so yeah. we can make it through that year. We made it through anything. All right, let's get our first break in. We'll come back. We'll uh, we'll revisit the big house with Brian Meador yeah. to get his experience on that, and we'll go down memory lane. Maybe talk about some of his best experiences as a uh, pirate, and also kind of being on the sideline for some of these great games, including uh, what he experienced at Michigan this past weekend. You're listening to Hoist the Colors ninety four three. The game. 
Back to Hoist the Colors with Stephen Iko. The game. All right, welcome back into the program. Hoist the Colors on this Thursday, September 7th edition of the show. We are two days away from East Carolina's home opener. The Marshall Thunder and Herd. We might talk about that in a little bit here with uh, Brian Medor, who's our guest today and studio director of video production at ECU. Uh, we were talking about the coaches show a minute ago, Brian, and, and, and Pirate 2031 on YouTube. He says, where can he see the Coach Houston show these days because he's living in the Raleigh area? Uh, right. Where and can he watch it? We used to put it on YouTube. And we're not allowed to anymore. And that started last year. And that was a great way for people to look at it. Um, the unfortunately in Raleigh, he's gonna have to watch it on Mass and Mid Atlantic Sports Network. And I'm I'm told Bailey we need to get it where we can put it and stream it on WNCT.com. So that's something we've got to we've got to hash out. But we, the problem with all of this is those ads are baked into the show that are sold by Playfly, and they own it. So technically, Playfly owns the television show, and we air it on WNCT, um, and WNC, and we we reproduce it with along with WNCT. So if I could get it, if we can get it on WNCT.com, and it's some a place where he can get it online, that would solve everybody's problem. But right now, it's kind of a I'm still working on that. That's what I'd have to say. I, mean, I, I apologize, I haven't done it sooner. Right. But it, because when they told us we couldn't put it on YouTube anymore, that pretty much that was the easiest way for everybody to watch. But the Mid Atlantic Sports Network on uh, Monday nights at ten—that's you know—they air all the local. Um, they were North Carolina show, North Carolina State show, Duke show. They are all the local stuff on Mass, but I think they're only available on is it Dish and Directv. Maybe yeah, yeah. I think so. Because all I know is that I can never watch uh, the Seattle Mariners play the Orioles because they don't that's have Mass. Block- that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's always yeah, blacked, it's blacked out. out here. Yeah. It drives me nuts. I can't man. stand it. it. Drives me nuts too. And it's like you know, black out the Braves. <laughs> I know, man. We're so <laughs> far. Fans be so mad. We're so far away from DC yeah. and Baltimore. Yeah, it's I'm not sure. right. Come on, man. But that's typical MLB. Pirate Al, by the way, giving you a shout out. He says. Uh, Midor is the man. Uh, he's lucky Pirate to have Al's him. the man. Now, we're is. lucky to have fans like that who care. Exactly. He's. He, we've had the uh, the coaches show at tiebreakers last yeah. week. He's been front row yeah. both times. I mean, yeah. Pirate Al yeah, is the man. Yeah, he is. I, I like I like seeing people who are passionate, good times and bad. And you know, sometimes, you know, I, I didn't when we were going through the the JT years and the Mo years, you know, and specifically for football, it takes the the wind out of your sails. I mean, it takes the just it just uh just everything's just. Um, Brian Bailey actually said this years ago. He said, if you want to get a loan in Greenville, North Carolina, wait for an East Carolina win on Saturday because everybody's in a good mood on Monday. Yeah. And I used to always think that. I thought like, was right, you know. And then when you see these stadiums that are empty, and it was it was frustrating. So, you know, when we got Skip, and he turned around the whole JT debacle, and he was very smart about how he did it. You know, a lot of his, his contract was – uh, season tickets driven. You know, he got he got a chunk of that pie. So he was motivated to want to have a good football team. Excellent football coach, you know. And um, ran into some bad stuff down at South Florida, bad timing, that kind of thing. But I think Skip is an excellent football coach. He was really good here. Um, rough. I love Ruff to a man. He's he's one of my favorite people. I mean, he's just uh, – he's a terrific human being. And he was there for me when my, my wife was, was sick. He was there, and um, and in ways that I couldn't. I, a lot of coaches were. I had guys I hadn't right. heard from Lincoln Riley's one who reached out, and they're guys that you just don't you don't talk to daily. I can't say is this guy a buddy of mine. No, but he reached out when when I was going through the toughest time of my life, and and uh, so these are the people who impact you along the way, and you impact them, and you don't even realize it. And um, when Ruff came back and the guy in the Hall of Fame, I was like, all right, that's fixing, that's healing right there. You know, right. that was good for Pirate Nation to have that. And Mike Houston was behind it all the way and if he hadn't been behind it so much it probably wouldn't have happened but he wanted it to happen and it happened and it was great for people who were 
mad because they thought Ruff should have gotten at least one more year. Um, and then the way he was fired, and and for people behind the scenes who may have had a different opinion, still he's a good man, and right. so that was a good ending to that story as far as his East Carolina story goes. Yeah, he didn't deserve the that outing with the previous administration, yeah. and so that was a definite the right way to to heal those wounds yes. uh, to a definite degree. Um, Robert on YouTube says Skip was business, Ruff was the players' coach. He says Houston looks like kind of both. Would that's, you agree I, with that's, that? That's that's really good assessment. Um, you know, I think. Skip had the player thing, but I can tell you this: Ruff was definitely a player. Right. I mean, more so than Skip. Skip was definitely, you know, let's let's the X's and O's, let's get it done like that. Um, as far as player coach goes, we I've never seen a, a guy like Ruff. He's a love them up no matter who they are, and um, you know, and you know, he was very very good and uplifting to a lot of those kids who came from nothing, and and he could relate to them. You know, we grew up in North Carolina. His parents were fantastic teachers. You know, they they were really good disciplinarians for Ruff and Ruff. Ruff, Ruff is somebody who could apply that kind of nature to the kids. Um, Mike is is on top of all of it, and and uh, I think you know watching him in the first few years, I was thinking, man, this guy's a drill sergeant, you know, <laughs> oh boy. But then when I started watching closer, you see he does have relationships with these guys. He'll walk up and he jokes with them and smacks them on the helmet and talks personal about personal things that are going on in their lives. So I know he's paying attention. So I'd say that's that's a spot on assessment. Yeah, I definitely agree with that as well. Let's talk about some of the the favorite places uh, you you've been as far as being on the sidelines shooting video. Let, we'll start with the big house. What did you think of the big yeah, house? It was, it was it was it was massive, man. Yeah, yeah you know what my experience <laughs> it was um, my supervisor Greg Pierce and me. Uh, we were sitting in the press box looking around, and he said, "Man, look around." I was like, "What?" He said, "There's not one ad in this place. Yeah. There wasn't one." You know, no Adidas, Nike. Well, they're not, they're Nike, but there's no no Coke, Pepsi. There were no ads, no sponsorship, no reads by the PA guy. The only thing that had any any type of we want your money thing was an NIL thing that they put up, right. and that was it. There was no there was nothing that was because they don't need it. Yeah, you know, when you it, have 110,000 people right. showing up and, every and, week. and the thing is, you think, well, why wouldn't you want to just sell something and get something out of it? Right. They're probably already making mad bank on their radio sales. You know, they probably go, I think that's a Learfield property, if I'm not mistaken, and and um, and they, they don't need it. And I'm like, I'm like, everybody needs a little something extra, right? But no, they do not need it. Now, that, I think that stood out, other than, you know, the, the sea of maize and, and all that and... And um, as far as the atmosphere goes, didn't blow me away. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. At no point did I go, "Wow, that was loud." You know, that's one hundred ten thousand people yelling, and I never. At no point did I think it was ever louder than the boneyard gets on a right. when, when the team when it's a big down inside the red zone. It's not. It's crazy down there when it's a packed house. I wonder. You know, I wonder how much of that is how it's built because it's, it's all one open, open, open thing. You know, yeah, kind the of, noise doesn't kind of yeah. Down coming down and, on you and also the way the game was it's like you, you know you, you had the crowd pop on the interception but there wasn't a ton of big plays yeah you know, they had the big run and and really unfortunately for ECU they didn't really threaten enough to get the crowd super into the game yeah like if they would have gone and scored maybe that gets the crowd uh you know a little amped up later on in the game but uh you know as far as the play on the field I thought the Pirates handled themselves okay so they just made some mistakes yeah uh, that, that were costly some of them were mental some of them i mean some of the throws could have been a lot better but uh, the quarterback play but there was at no point that i think that michigan didn't have the game um in control but i didn't think they ran east carolina off the field no. i thought the, i thought uh houston's team was out there they they belonged out there on that field in that atmosphere they um, they they weren't getting dominated and pushed off of no. anything that goal line stand to me was one of the better things I've seen from uh, an East Carolina defense in a long time. I mean, that was a heck of a stand, and they, I mean, that's a big offensive and it was line. First that team is offense, deep. yeah, yeah, so. and that was first team offense. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I think Mike was joking around about they've got like what nine guys and only five on the line. I think it was seven guys, but whatever. 
there were potential draft picks. You know, that's getting into your bench players, man. Right. These are guys that are rotating in. That's how good that line was. And for our guys who are undersized compared to that, to, to show that much fight, I was like, I bet Blake's feeling pretty good about what that what he saw, you know. One of the uh, I watched a, a video on the way over here. Uh, Donovan Edwards, the Michigan running back, um, he he basically started his press conference this week saying, "I think ECU is going to be really good in their conference because of how well they played." And st- he was like, "I checked my stat." He said, "I got on ESPN yeah. at halftime and checked my stats, and I had six <laughs> carries, six carries for five, five yards." yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like disappointed in that. So, you know, if they're if they're taking notice of that, I think that says something too. Um, let's talk about you know just. We, you know what we get to do we're lucky we get to travel to see some of these games and experience awesome atmospheres i mean dowdy ficklin to me is still one of the best places I agree. i've watched the game and that's not me being a homer i've yeah, been to when some it's packed, great man, places it's incredible when it's packed i mean Minji's when it's packed is loud i know i mean and that that that's that's like a uh, i mean it, I, won't, I can't call it a sleeping giant but we used to say that for years where you know pirate fans just want decent basketball we don't have to compete for a top 25 spot yeah Football is a different story. I want that in football. Basketball, just put on a – hey, get, show me some guys who are fighting hard, playing hard, give me some wins here and there, and, and I'm happy, man. That place will be rocking. I mean, who cares about the CIT? But that gym was popping every day during amazing, that run. Man. It was incredible. They were playing like Loyola, Marymount, yeah. these schools, and the the Ryder. And Ryder, it was, yeah. It was amazing. Um, and even like you get it half or three-fourths full, and it's, it's still intimidating loud. atmosphere. Yeah, it really is. And then Clark LeClaire is one of my favorite <laughs> yeah. places for obvious reasons. I'm a, you know, a huge you – know, Keith LeClaire was one of – you know, he was one of the most terrific uh, men as far as being a coach is one thing, but he was a good man. And uh, no I, I'll, I'll tell you a story about him. I think I've shared it before, but um, one of the first jobs I had was when Keith got hired to replace Gary Overton. And I had to go over and interview the guy. And, and um, I did a live shot with him when he was announced, but then I had to go to his first practice. And, you know, it's the old Harrington field with the, you know, the fence and there's not the big stadium. And um, so I, I walk up and I'm, I'm scared, man. I'm, I'm a, dummy at this point i'm still wet behind the ears and and worried about whether or not i've you know is my shirt tucked in do i look right is the camera on is it this and that so i'm standing there waiting for him and um he's he was i think he was throwing bp at the time i can't remember but i remember holding his hand up and he came jogging over and i'm like what's he doing because you don't do that you don't break you don't stop in the middle of practice and run over he ran over and um i said hey coach i don't mind i'll wait till practice is over you can finish doing what you're doing please don't let me interrupt you and he said um he remembered my name and he said brian your hours have the same number of minutes that mine do. Let's do this. And he said, he said, you got a lot to do, and we need you out here. Because at that time, you know, the fan base had really kind of, I wouldn't say given up on baseball, but it was it had thinned out, you know. And and um, for him to do that, I, I remember, I always remember it. And obviously, it's a different animal now. I'm, I wouldn't expect Cliff to come running over during right. practice, but he would talk to you. He's done it before. Yeah, he'll, he'll come over and talk to you and stuff. But um, he's, he's cut from the same kind of cloth and fiber that, that uh, Keith had in him. So, uh, anyway, I love telling that story because it made me feel like, you know what, all right, I do belong out here with this guy and, and these people, and, and it was a, it's terrific. I've applied that to coaches who have made me wait many times. Yeah, and there's a, there's a, a select few on that list as yep. well. Uh, we won't name them on this show, maybe. Maybe off the air. If we'll they're not here anymore, I'll, I'll name them. I'll, yeah. I'll do it <laughs> we know Midor doesn't shy away. Nah, um, I get in trouble for that a lot. You know that. Hey, that's what makes you such a good guest. Man. I appreciate you that. You come up here and we should do a weekly segment, man. I'll tell you what, I'll, we can learn a lot. Let me know. Oh, that's right, we can't because I'd get fired. And then what good would it be? I wouldn't know anything. Um, Christian says, did Midor cover the game at Cameron? He says a couple of weeks ago. I guess he means like years ago because there was no game at Cameron Indoor yeah, a couple weeks ago. Remember. So ECU played there in like the preseason NIT one year and almost won under Lebo. I, all right, so yeah, that, that is correct. Um, I have, but 
I mean, I, when I when I was in news, I covered Carolina Duke when they were one two, right? And that, that was in Ch- that game was actually in Chapel Hill on my birthday. Um, I've been to Cameron many times for Carolina Duke games, and that place is it's ring your ears ring when you leave. Yeah. There's no comparison to that place, and I I know there are a lot of gyms that are loud, but uh, when Carolina's good, North Carolina's good, and Duke is when they're good. There's nothing louder or crazy. It vibrates is how loud that yeah. place is. So I've seen I've I've seen these two, but I can't recall anything standing out other than a normal Duke basketball game. Right. When I I covered that game, and you know I, I don't know where y'all do they have y'all on the baseline? The floor, yeah. I, back then I was still shooting on the floor, so you it's really cramped down there. Yeah. You're toe to toe with the people next to you. You're sitting down. Right. And you're kind of leaning back, and usually you get a, a, a lot of referee butt right in your right. face, you know, so you're shooting a lot of butts. <laughs> I've told Ramey Steins over the years, I have more shots of your butt than anybody than, than anybody in your family, trust me. Oh, man. No, that's, that's, that's good. I know Trey well, so <laughs> yeah, he's, he's on the referee path, too, yeah, I he believe. Is. He's so. doing really well. So. Um, but, yeah, that was my first time and only time covered a game at Cameron, and I guess the, the riders were on the – the baseline too with the students yeah they sit in the on the and they're so, at, they're at a like you know it's it's yeah you it's, spit all over your computer coming over the top it's of awful. you and yeah it's really cramped. but it's part of the experience too so it's, it's good it's just like you know yeah i don't know if i'd want to experience it right now with every everybody getting sick around uh, nah you don't want part of that and, and now i mean it's what back back when we were there we, you, know, you didn't have a laptop at your desk right you know you had a pad and a pen you're writing and they crowd i have sat at that uh, yeah. before on press row and it's it come over the top of you and and um it's an it's you know it's it's fun you know and growing up you know, i grew up in fuquay so right. you know on fridays during the acc tournament our teachers would roll the tvs into the room that's those aren't myths or legends that actually yeah, happened i remember it too we watched the early game you know and just to watch the early game we would watch it back then there were only, and when i was growing up anyway there were only eight teams in the acc and you were either you were most likely going to be a North Carolina fan, maybe State, but there were very few Duke and Wake Forest. But it was usually North Carolina or State, and they would roll the TVs in. And, and um, I grew up, you know, with you know being a North Carolina fan, and I'm glad I came to Greenville because that that fixed me. <laughs> right. That and once I started covering North Carolina, and I was like, wow, I do not like these people. <laughs> I'm glad I chose the path that I did, but I, I do not. Li- I'm not a North Carolina guy anymore. I can say that without hesitation. But I can appreciate their history and yeah. what and you know what I've witnessed growing up and. And the, the runs that they had, and Dean Smith, you know, I was a huge fan of Dean Smith. Got to interview him not as one on one, but with Bailey, and um, I was shooting it. But I was like, wow, this is I'm, I'm sitting here, this is unbelievable. I'm I don't get starstruck ever. Interviewed Michael Jordan, didn't get starstruck. You know, it was more you know growing up watching these icons, and then once you get to know them as people, you're you you're like you like me now. You know, right. there's nobody's gonna walk in a room that I go whoa. It just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, it would say, for me, it would be King Griffey Jr. I would uh, yeah, be yeah, starstruck. He's yeah, he's the guy that kind of got me into sports growing up. Um, Jack Dover, he's so there's a running joke on Hoisty Colors. I'm always like, I'm going to release a book or a thirty for thirty yeah. on the, the Mo era slash the Comfort <laughs> era. Mo stories. Uh, Jack Dover says, I go since you are not going to release your thirty for thirty on Mo. Can Brian do it instead? You do. You do have a video production background. So. I do. I do. Hey, you could put something together. Oh, I sure could. I mean, I, I could tell you this, and and um, Mo was a very classy guy with me. He was very professional. Um, I saw a few things that I thought. Um, I Brian Bailey tell you this. I called Brian. This was they had me in, embedded, is what our former folks used to call it. And um, I would uh, go and meet with whoever the coach was that had just been hired. I did it with Dooley. I did it with um with Mo. So I met him. He he signs his contract at some house down on Fifth Street, like uh, that East Carolina owns, and he's he's signing it, and and I'm going through it all. So then I ride over, and I'm shooting. I mic him up, and I'm shooting. We ride over to um, campus, 
and I just had a feeling like this this guy's like all about what it looks like. It's the it's not there's, there's, there's some substance missing here, right? Right. So we walked past the um the the statue. I used to call it uh, Jebediah Springfield, our statue over there, right? <laughs> so um, I'm getting a shot, and um he stops and he looks at me and he goes, "Did you get it? You want to, let me let me go back again and, and stop and look at it." And I was like, "That's what you're thinking about right now." <laughs> <laughs> this roster I, right. that's what you're about. so I, I, we shoot it again so I called up Billy I said hey man we're effed this <laughs> 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 is like 10 o'clock yeah. I was like we're, I mean, I, he seems like a nice enough guy we're, we're, it's not going to happen I just don't see it happening and it just it, just, it didn't work and he's not a, he's not a bad coach the guy's he's what a system a head coach yeah. in Detroit now I mean, he's, X's he's, and O's he's, he knows he's just... got it man he's not dumb I think I think the players, as much as they like the guy, it just didn't work. And, they could read and, um, through that. And, and and you know he he could probably point out a lot of things that he wasn't given that he feels like um, you know prevented him from winning. I the staff lots of things prevented him from winning, but um, to say that he didn't get what he he got more than rough got, I can tell you that without hesitation as far as things right. given to him. So. He is Brian Mito. Let's get our uh, next break in. We'll come back. We'll uh, continue our discussion on how much media has changed since uh, both of us got into this industry. And also... I don't uh, have to shave anymore. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Brian Mito is with us. Hoist the Colors, 94.3 The Game. We'll be right back. What's happening, man? What's happening? Tell me every ECU fan's one stop for all things ECU athletics. This is Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. All right, welcome back in to Hoist the Colors, 94.3 The Game. Brian Medor is with us. We got one more segment with him. And uh, I'll tell you what, our, our viewership numbers look good, Medor. So you must be a, you must be a popular name. <laughs> that Medor got fired. <laughs> They're waiting for the 30 for 30 on, uh, on the uh, Coach Moe. That good one, too. Hey, when you uh, when you when you do retire, maybe it can be like a retirement project. Just start putting air. all that. You know what? So Mac McCarthy wrote a book, and it's a good book. It's very informative, but he left all the good stuff out. Yeah, some of the stories he's told me over the years about Barkley and uh, Terrell Owens, and he's got great stories. Some of the things that went on behind the scenes to get players to come and things like that. I'm like, hey man, where was all that stuff? Because you, he had to stay in the right. dorms with Barkley. To make him go to class. Wow. That's great stuff, man. That, and that didn't make the book? Piece of it did. Piece of it. Yeah, just that he had to stay in the dorms. And but you know, and Bark did not like to go to class. But all the, not all sleep. the details of it. Nah, he likes to sleep all day. And some of the stories of him since then, because um, they remained close friends. And, I, and Mac, I, I eat lunch with Mac almost every week. And he's one of my dear friends as well. And um, he's a lot of fun. He was one of the better coaches that I worked ever worked with. Is he, he used to do the coach show when he wasn't the coach? Because Ricky Stokes. <laughs> oh wanna, my god! I mean, you want to get you want to get me going on a coach <laughs> that could give a good thirty for thirty? That guy, holy cow! He wouldn't show up for the show. So I would call Mac. Hey Mac, are you in the building? He was like, "I'm away." He just he knew he'd come on down. Yeah, he was and he'd the, do the show. I felt like he was the de facto head coach anyway. Yeah, well, time. Mac was the brains behind the yeah. opera. Everybody knew that, and they thought maybe Ricky's recruiting would without you know would would be able to bring in the kind of players that Mac could coach. But they, you know, for all of Terry's merits, and I'm a big fan of Terry yeah. Holland. Um, he did not give basketball what they needed to to succeed. Is when you what we thought he was going to do because there's right. a guy I grew up watching Virginia man. You know, I grew up watching that guy, and he's a legend. He's a Hall of Famer in my mind, and always will be. And but I don't. I don't think Mac got a good, fair shake at it. And um, he did some good things. Beating State was incredible. That was one of the still most, the only ACC win we've ever had. And and um and um I, I'm a huge fan of his. And, and here's a guy who went to the Sweet 16. You know, I mean, he knows how to coach basketball. Did well at VCU. You know, I mean, it's it's he. I think I think he would have. First of all. He had five seniors. I'm, I'm giving. I'm getting on my Mac train now. Yeah. He had five seniors coming in, and Terry Candom, 
Who does that? The guy who wants to get the credit for the next guy. Right. And Jeff Lebo rolls in, wins, he, what, 19 games, mm-hmm. whatever it was, and everybody's like, holy cow, we got a guy. He had, who, when does East Carolina ever had five seniors come back? And I, I, I was, Never. I always joke back about that. I was like, well, Terry knew what he was doing. He's gonna, <laughs> he was trying to make his guy look good. I mean, and that's he part did. of it. He did, you know. So there you go. Uh, John with a cool uh, anecdote here on Facebook. He says, I attended, this is John Moody, he says, I attended my first ECU basketball game because of Brian. I was probably 10 10 years old and Cincinnati was coming to town to rank them in the top 25 at the time. I was so disappointed that the game wasn't going to be on TV. I actually emailed Brian. He was at yep. WITN at the time asking if he could show the game on TV. He emailed me back right away and said he couldn't, but someone at ECU owed him a favor. I would have two tickets that will call my name. I'll never forget that kind gesture. Thanks, John. That's, that's awesome. I, I've man. actually run into – I've had that happen a few times, and I, I think he's run into me before and, and told me about that. I want to say his mother or someone had said something. But anyway, I, yeah, hey, man, I appreciate you reaching yeah. out, and thank you for the kind words. And I've, I've done that a few times over the years, and um, sometimes I've just smuggled people in. JJ hates yeah. that. <laughs> He'll look over and say, who's that? And I was like, don't worry about it, man. Hey, every, <laughs> everybody got smuggled in during the uh, Super Regional against Texas. So. Yeah, I, I, I saw your wife on the sideline many, yeah. many times. Yep. She was actually working for she you. Was so. She was taking some good photos. Pictures. I don't she know if pictures, yeah. she didn't know what she was doing, but somehow the pictures came out pretty good. I took a picture of her taking a picture once yeah. and sent it to you. I yeah. remember doing that. Yeah. Yes. But, uh, no, I, I've smuggled some people in and out of there, and, you know, it's – one of the bartenders at um, one of the places I go, he was like, man, I'd really love to go to a game. Great guy. And right. um, he actually texted me a few minutes ago, and his name's Kevin. He's, he said, uh, hey, man, uh, I've never been to a game before. And um, I said, well, you, you need some tickets? I can, I, guess I can get you some tickets. He's that's awesome. I was like, hey, man, he'd never been to a college football game before, atmosphere or anything. Right. So it was the game where we had the, the pair jumpers jump in. And um, I said, hey, man, just do me a favor. I got to get these guys, so I'm going to have to go out on the field, stay off the field. So whatever you do, stay back over here. So here come these jumpers, and they got the flares going and all that, and I'm getting a shot. I turn and look, and here's Kevin standing behind me with his phone, like, on the 15-yard line. I'm like, dude, you're killing me, Smalls. Get off the field. That was funny. We talked about the the access earlier, how much that's changed. From your vantage point, you've been on the news side. You've been on the university side, the athletic side. Any other big things that have changed for the good or, or bad, you know, during your uh, time? Social media. Yeah. And I don't know that it's good. Yeah. I really don't know that it's good. I mean, it, there's a lot of information out there. Like I told you earlier, I get a lot of my news. I get it from Twitter. And um, I don't engage. Like, I think if I would come along in, in your time, I would be hammering away the tweets and having fun right. and joking. But I think I just, I'm a little bit too old for that. I just, I don't, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather personally engage with people and joke. You know, I joke all the time right. at those press conferences. And if you could tweet out all those jokes, you, you might have uh, several thousand followers. That, that one <laughs> Tuesday would be a good one. Yeah. I, don't know. Uh, I, I can't repeat, but uh, no, that, I don't know that it's good. I think it's, it's made, it's too, it's become too me, 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 me. Right. And, and um, I hate walking around uh, Cliff's cab. One of my favorite things to do is Cliff's cab. Love doing it. Uh, the you know Cliff picks up kids on campus, takes them to class, and you're know, watching how that thing has evolved to what it became. What it was supposed to be was um, he was going to ask questions, and if they didn't answer, him, he kicked them out of the cab. It was like cash cab. <laughs> right. That's what it was going to be. And I was like, this isn't going to work. Cliff, use your personality. Let's have fun with these kids. And so we kind of you know, morphed it into that. But he's having to honk the horn because it's the, people walking like this. Yeah, They've got their, their earphones air. in. They're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. They're just walking. And, and um, you know, he's having to weave in and out of that. And it's, it's you know. Surprised he hasn't run over anybody you, yet. I tell anybody, hey, you, you, hey, well, he's come close. Yeah. Um, I tell anybody, uh, hey, do you have any, what do you want to do in life? Because um, chiropractor. Because everybody walks around with their heads down. They're going to have a lot of neck issues later that's in true. life. Go, go, go be a chiropractor. You'll never be out of wanting for work. That's for sure. There's plenty uh, around town. Yeah. So they, they got the memo as well. We talking earlier about the big house. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
for me as a as a reporter, the the game on the road I remember the most is the 2014 game at Virginia Tech because yeah. they had just beaten Ohio yeah. State. They played that video right before kickoff. ECU got yeah. a huge lead. I remember going out to the sidelines. They had tied it, and their kicker kicked it out of bounds, like yeah. right over our head. And the air just went out of the stadium, and I was like, ECU's going to win this game. Yep. They drove down, won it. Is there like a road venue you kind of remember the most? That, that's a good one because people people always think that um, Shane did the uh, the flex with his the that he at did it at that game first. Yeah. It was Vitek. right? Think, thought it was UNC. It was Vitek yeah. that he did it first. But um, uh, you know, uh, going into Carolina and and, and beating on them. The year we went to NC State and got the purple gold chant going, that was incredible. And I know somebody's got it on YouTube. I shot. I was going back and forth. And finally, right. um, we got our marketing director at the time standing next to me. He said, why aren't they playing music? They're allowing this to right. happen. It, I couldn't believe it. Um, Gainesville was neat just to go to the swamp, you know, to go down there and, and, and play them so well, which, you know, to Ruff's credit, he had a third-string quarterback with a, a broken hand down there. Almost and, won. missed a throw that would have won the game, maybe won the game. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, South Carolina is a neat place to go. Um, Charlotte, when we play games over there, it's kind of cool to go to an NFL stadium. I've been there many times for for NFL games, but um, going to a college atmosphere game like that is a lot of fun. Uh, Big House is probably, you know, when you say it, it, I like the smaller venues, man. I love going to Hattiesburg. I, yeah. I, I love going to Marshall. Oh, I love Marshall. Marshall man. is fantastic. The people there are so terrific. And it was and loud. It's twenty one, man. It is. It was. You yeah. know, and that was a great game. It was a lot of fun and. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of going to the venues that, that seem more personal, you know. Um, right. And it's and we have history. And I know it's, it, you can't call Southern Miss like a regional rival because it's not like it's close. But we've had such a history with those guys from the conference days and and some of those games, the big fight that broke out with the official that Brian Bailey had to break up and at yeah. Ficklin back in the day. And um, there have been some neat games that we've had with them. And going down to the Rock and winning is is tough to do. Well, it used to be tough. And and I guess in some years it still is. But um, I, I enjoy those kind of games better than – now, I don't like going to Rice. I don't like going to uh, yeah. empty stadiums with no passionate fans. I don't like that that at all. And, and UCF was like that for years until they started getting the bouncy house going. You know, that, that I didn't like going there. And then they started getting good and the fans showed up. But it's a neat place. I mean, it's, it's an erector set, but it's it – yeah. um, You feel like you're going to – I mean, you can feel the press box shaking yeah, because yeah. of it. Man, I sat in the press is. box for the first time the last time we were there because usually I'm on the field. Yeah. I didn't I didn't get the bouncy house. And then all of a sudden, it, you, you can, feel it, I man. mean, you it's feel like crazy. you're going to go flying out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get you out of here on this because I know you got to run. Marshall this weekend, big game for East yes. Carolina for obvious reasons. Big game for Marshall. We just talked about kind of that, that rivalry and, and what it means. Um, any gut feeling on how this team kind of responds? Uh, you know, I, we've both been at practice this week, some. We have. I, you know, I, I like what I saw out of Flynn. Um, I know, you know you're going to see Mason. I think you're going to see the same combination. Mm-hmm. You're going to see if a guy has a feel, he's going to stay. And, you know, Donnie talked about that yesterday. If, you know, I think Mason's going to roll out there, and if he's feeling it and we're moving the ball, that's what you're going to see. If uh, Flynn has to come in like he did the other day, um, you know, we're going to see Flynn. You know, I just, but to me, that's, we've got to get that going. How do we get that going? We've got to run the ball. You know, we got to, you know, Mike said it. We've got to be able to get down, establish the run. And I'm, I know people are like, ah, Mike runs the ball too much. He's so set in his ways to run the ball. I would say sometimes he is, but um, I'm not the coach. He told me once, he said, you do your video thing, I'll do the coaching. It was actually, was it, uh, who were we playing last year? Was it uh, Campbell? Who did we play that was, 
Um, oh yeah, Campbell. He was hyping yep. them up over there at the press conference. Right. Oh, they got a good line. They got a good this and a good that. And I said, "What are you, Lou Holtz?" All of a sudden, and everybody busted out laughing. He did not like yeah. that. He, he turned and looked and said, "Said you do the you do your camera thing. I'll do the coaching." I was like, "Okay, <laughs> you're, all right, you're, you're worried about Campbell. Shut up, you know." But you know, I I, I love Mike. We can joke like that. Right. But um, I I think you got to get in there, establish it, win at the line. I mean, all the all the cliche things you say about a game, they apply to this game. And I, is it a must win? I feel like you should, yeah you need to yeah is that fair? it's a need to win it's a need to win and I you know I don't want to go to App State on two no doubt and I know ECU does not as well well Brian yeah. this has been a lot of fun man you appreciate got it, you coming I appreciate in the kind of words man thanks we'll, a lot we'll for uh, having me, keep me relevant <laughs> no, no we'll, we'll have you on maybe we'll try to get you on every few months uh, if, say if, win man if we I'll won't get anytime. you the weekly shows because then you you might get yourself fired we don't <laughs> want would. that to happen so I got taken off the air before you remember that right <laughs> oh that absolutely radio. I got taken off by the previous regime because of the things I said well. Uh, we enjoyed it today, and by the viewership numbers, you're one of our most popular guests. Hey, so uh, you guys don't know um, entertainment, then, do yeah. you? Uh, <laughs> now, you know a lot of that is a lot of those people are my friends. Yeah, well, you, know, you got a lot of friends. I've been around a lot of uh, really good people in this area, and that's why I stayed. Well, he's Brian Meador. Brian, appreciate it again, man. Appreciate you, man. Absolutely. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show. Hoisted colors, ninety four three. The game. Everything you need to know in the world of ECU athletics. This is Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. All right, welcome back into the show. Wrapping up things here on this Thursday, September 7th edition of Hoist the Colors. Really enjoyed having Brian Medor in studio. We'll try and do this as often as he can. Of course, he's a busy man and uh, has other responsibilities, but the fans love it, man. Hal says Medor is a great guest for the show. Make him a regular We'll do our best. Pirate 2031 says this was a great show. By the way, uh, Midor got a text from Bailey. It looks like we, we had the question earlier from Pirate 2031 about the Coach Houston show on Sundays. Uh, they are going to put that show on WNCT.com. So they're going to archive, the, uh, archive the first two shows and also archive them going forward. So if you're in the Raleigh area or outside the market, head to WNCT.com for those shows on Sunday. They also archive the the radio show with Coach Houston from Tiebreakers on Monday nights as well. So check out WNCT.com for that. Speaking of shows, Philip Pilkington, our producer today, he will be producing Sup Dogs Live. I'll be hosting. Macy O'Donnell will be co-hosting. We're going to have some guests tonight live from Sup Dogs, student-athlete-driven show. And uh, we're going to have that from 5 to 6 p.m. Tonight, it'll be streamed live across the ECU Athletics platforms. Philip, are you ready uh, for your uh, producing role in that capacity? Yeah, I am. I'm excited. I wish uh, Mother Nature would turn the thermostat down about 20 degrees because that's the best. I'll be honest, that's the only thing I'm dreading. Other than that, I think it's going to be fun. Uh, they've got a great team together together over there at ECU Sports Properties, and uh, we've been putting in a lot of work the last two weeks and ready to see it all come to fruition. Yeah, so we're going to have a rotating, you know, kind of show where we have a student athlete on. We'll take a break, uh, you know, do another segment with the student athlete. Tonight's guest list as of now, uh, R.J. Felton from men's basketball. We'll also have Micah Dennis and Kamora Jenkins from the women's basketball team and then Caroline Kimmel from the women's lacrosse team again sup dogs live will be live from sup dogs downtown greenville 5 to 6 p.m stream it online tonight so excited about that again thanks to brian medor for joining us in studio on this thursday edition of the show tons of great insight tomorrow we'll have joseph sampson in studio to preview the marshall game make our predictions our game picks and everything there for our second straight week we'll look at how bad we did on our picks last week we can't do much worse that's for sure, unless your name is Philip. He did pretty good. But we'll have that tomorrow, 12 noon. Join us then. You've been listening to Hoist the Colors.
This has been Hoist the Collars with your host, Stephen Igo. Tune in weekdays at noon for all things ECU sports. Get a recap of the show at 943thegame.com on Twitter, Facebook, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We're back tomorrow with more of Hoist the Collars on 943 the game.